This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Kansas State wraps up its regular season with a game Friday morning at 11 a.m. in Austin, Texas. Welcome to the Power Cat pregame podcast. I am Go Power Cat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and today we're going to get you prepared for the Cats and the Longhorns in a game that will end Texas's season. They will not be bull eligible. They carry a four and seven record into the contest. They're two and six in the Big Twelve. Kansas State, meanwhile, had a four-game winning streak that ended last week at the hands of the Baylor Bears. A very good Baylor team rolled into Manhattan and just kind of handled Kansas State and tossed them aside with a twenty to ten. Easy victory. The Wildcats really didn't challenge much in this contest following a muffed punt to open the game for the Cats that led to an easy Baylor score. Kansas State is 7-4 and 4-4 and and on the season as they head into this game. And this game will be the next in their line as they try to get another win and stay securely in the upper half of the Big 12 by ending the season at 5-4 and four in conference play. And after that, a bowl game. The destination is unknown at this point for the Wildcats because there are a lot of things that need to be sorted out, including the top of the standings. How many Big 12 teams will make it into the college football New Year's six bowls? And then everyone else will get slotted. At best, K-State will be headed to Orlando. And at worst, probably, K-State will be playing somewhere in Texas on this holiday season. Well, folks, it's going to be a weird, weird day to have a Friday game down in Austin, Texas. Very strange for Kansas State. Not something the Wildcats have done very often in terms of holiday football scheduling. But that's what the Big 12 has in store is most of the conference plays Thursday and Friday. And the lone Saturday game is Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, which will sort out the spots in the Big 12 championship game. We've got a lot in store, as usual, for the pregame podcast. We'll have Ryan Wallace from our Go Powercat staff to talk about everything that's going on with K-State football right now, whether it's recruiting or on the field with team coverage. Wally's all over it. Then former Kansas State offensive lineman Brian Hanley, who played in those 97-98 teams, those historic, wonderful teams as an offensive guard, a junior college recruit that came to K-State and turned out to be one whale of a football player. Brian will join us in the second segment as our football analyst to take a look at the Longhorns, and he's down in Texas, so he is quite familiar with Texas football. And then finally, in the third segment, our interview of the week will be Chris Kleiman as we wrap up this regular season, and then we will bring in Ryan Gilbert to talk about the odds, the spreads, as Texas opens this game 
as a three-point favorite, which is a little bit surprising. But we will see what we think about that game and the rest of the Big 12 as we prepare you for a weekend of action on this holiday week. But most importantly, probably, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. And now we bring in our own Ryan Wallace to talk about this game with the Longhorns. Wally, this this is a strange game. This one's got so many undertow storylines here dragging at this game. I don't know where to start, but I guess we better start with Kansas State. We both don't think Skylar Thompson's going to play. I think they're just being hopeful, optimistic that he'll be able to go, but in all likelihood, it'll be Will Howard on it. I would think so. I think this is more Coach Kleiman. Uh, we always talk about pulling a Bill Snyder, but I don't even think Coach Snyder was the only one that, that would you know, kind of play these strategy games. It's just an effort to keep your opponent on their heels. Uh, I think if you ask Steve Sarkeesian's staff, they're probably preparing for Will Howard, too. I mean, when the quarterback gets taken off on a Gator <laughs> the week before and you're already on a short week, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody's pretty much assuming that it's going to be Will Howard for this one. And what a weird game this is in the terms of when it's taking place, because I don't recall, K-State's played a Thursday game in the past, of course, but I don't recall ever having like a Thanksgiving early game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did play a game at some point when they started, everyone started playing this weekend, but it's just odd to have a Friday morning game, but most of the conference will be done Thursday or Friday, and I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's the only Saturday game in the league this week, and it's just very odd. It is. And, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what Texas shows up, I guess, Um, because, you know, not only is this definitely their final game of the regular season, but as you said, you know, do they even do they want to get up for this game at all? But do they really want to get up for an 11 a.m. kick? (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I I know I don't. Uh, But it's it's intriguing. Let's let's touch on Texas now. They're just this has been a disaster of a season with a new coach they've been uncertain at quarterback their top running back the best part of their team and B. Sean Robinson is injured and done they've got players going into the transfer portal like crazy and it's it I don't know what we're going to see from Texas maybe they'll rise up maybe they'll play a bunch of young guys that want to prove something to their coaches or maybe we'll see the same thing we've seen the last couple of weeks a, a team that is so talented it can stay in games that even if it's not interested but it will eventually lose those games. And I think that's what we're going to see from Texas, but you just never know. Yeah. You know, that's the storyline for me in this one. If, if, you know, I'm a Longhorn fan or really even, you know, to some extent K-State fans should watch it as well, because you brought up a really good point. That's kind of been lingering on my mind all week, which is, you know, on one hand, you know, you, if Steve Sarkeesian decides that the season is done and, maybe this is an opportunity to get some younger guys a game of experience under their belt. On one hand, you have a more inexperienced group lineup on, you know, on the, on the field and therefore they might not execute as well. And they're more prone to making mistakes and more prone for Kansas state to take advantage of that. But as you said, you almost wonder though, if you're willing to take that, over having guys out there that might be more experienced, that might know the playbook better, um, that just aren't 
in it mentally, emotionally. There's just no fire there. I wonder if Steve Sarkeesian might be saying, you know, if talent level is the same, because let's be honest, it's not like the freshmen and sophomores are a drop off in talent from the seniors and juniors. Maybe it's not the worst idea for Texas to play some young guys. And maybe that does make this game more competitive. But I think you're right. Um, you know, not having Bijan Robinson it could be a major blow to this team. Uh, we'll see who takes the majority of the snaps at quarterback. Is Casey Thompson healthy enough? Will they have to go with Hudson Card? Two kind of different dynamics there. Uh, and then what defense shows up? Because Fitz, this is a defense that has really struggled, specifically uh, the front seven against the run. Yeah, it's been crazy to watch them just kind of melt down as the season progressed. They started off so good and they had Oklahoma beat and let them off the hook and it just all fell apart from that moment on for Texas and it's been uh it's been intriguing to watch the kind of problems they've had because they lead they almost always take a lead on opponents and then can hold it and I did a Texas podcast earlier this week and they pointed out they had double digit leads on the three best teams in this conference and blew all three leads in the second half I mean, that's just – it's unbelievable what they're doing. And I'm not sure how to pinpoint a team that is so tragically bad at finishing. I've never seen anything like it. But the quarterback issue is really um, another underlying issue here. We don't know if we'll see Casey Thompson or Hudson Card. It changes them a little bit. Maybe they'll throw in someone else. But, man, if you're not certain at quarterback, you're not certain about offense. And that's really – in summary, what Texas has become this year, particularly now without B. John Robinson, who was a guy that you could just hand the ball to and make good things happen, but they don't have him. And uh, Roshan Johnson's their main guy right now, and we'll see if he's good to go. But they're awfully beaten up. I, I just don't know what to expect from these two quarterbacks. Yeah, and they're like I said, they're different dynamics. You know, you have Casey Thompson, who's uh, you know the more experienced uh, of the bunch. Um, but on in saying that, he's actually kind of been seems like more turnover prone, and I think that just comes with his his level of play. Uh, Hudson Card, for the most part, l- makes less mistakes, is more polished as a passer, a little bit more accurate, can maybe open the field more that way. Um, but I just don't think he can create. Um, he has the playmaking ability to extend plays and things like that that Thompson does, and that's what this offense has been lacking because. You know, they just it, – it's it's funny because Steve Sarkeesian's line is all gas, no brakes. And in a way, it, it's kind of been that. It's been big player bust for this offense. Um, they have a guy in like Xavier Worthy, for instance, a freshman receiver, um, that it might be one of the more dynamic players at his position in this entire conference. The last two weeks alone, 21 receptions, 237 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, they get Jordan Whittington back, um, didn't do anything against West Virginia. That's not to say he won't uh, be a factor in this one. And that helps out the receiving game. And I'll add in uh, from the running back position, Keelan Robinson, an Alabama transfer that last week in the loss to West Virginia averaged 12.3 yards per carry. Uh, he's not Bijan Robinson, but again, this is an offense that needs playmakers. Maybe that's a wrinkle, a much needed wrinkle and a different kind of element uh, that they can throw at K-State, not name Roshan Johnson. But, you know, this offense in, in general, fits has sparks. But like I said, they're living and dying on the big play. 
uh, and they're, they're getting killed with turnovers. Your third worst pass percentage, um, really poor pass protection. They're giving up 26 sacks on the season. But again, all in all, still the number four Big 12 total offense. And it's interesting that, that we should note K-State is one in three against the other uh, teams in the top five, the only other win coming against TCU. That's very true. They, Kansas State has proven that it's right in the middle of the pack of this Big 12. I mean, yeah. We got yeah. four teams above them. They've lost two, four teams below them. They've beaten. And now you see Texas uh, coming up with a game that really will sort out the the worth of the Wildcats maybe this season. Because for me, there's just an enormous difference between eight and four and seven and five. And if they want to win this game, they're going to have to be productive on offense. And, you know, I, in some ways, I don't think starting Will Howard is the worst thing. It brings the quarterback get run game back into the, the equation for K-State. But this is a team they should be able to run the ball on, shouldn't they? They should. You know, I mean, this is uh, the number eight uh, Big 12 defense as far as total defense goes. And the the telling stat for me among the numbers there for Texas is uh, that this defense has run the most plays. They can't get off the field. They're on the field an incredibly long amount of time, 798 plays this defense has run. Uh, they're worse against the run, as I said, than they have been against the pass. You know, they have size up front. They've got some mobility and some athleticism up front. Not quite to the level, I think, of their back half in the secondary, but they just can't get any pressure. And it was a problem even dating back to last season for Texas, only 19 sacks. And so when you're not stopping the run very well, when you're not being able to pressure a pocket and get to the backfield very well, uh, like I said, they're only, they've only uh, forced 19 sacks. And on top of that, not a single player from Texas is in the top 25 in tackles for loss, uh, top 25 in the Big 12, and not a single player is in the top 25 in the Big 12 for sacks. Not one player. It's not fits that they have. They rely too heavily on just one guy. They don't have anyone that's doing it, that's making any noise up there. And so, again, what that what I think that does is it pre- puts more pressure on, again, you know, an athletic uh, and, and experienced secondary but a secondary that, you know, can't cover forever. And so that's why you see that they're a team that's minus three in turnover margin because you've got an offense that's turning it over and you've got a defense that can't create any. So I think, as you said, getting Will Howard in this game, I think it all starts with the run game. Uh, That was an area that I think K-State did fairly well against the Longhorns last year in a largely forgettable performance. But I think Deuce Vaughn, uh, ran the ball somewhat effectively, and I think as a team, they still averaged about six yards a carry. The problem was K-State struggled passing the ball last year, four for 11 on third downs, only 6.4 yards per pass, uh, and two interceptions from Will Howard. So if he can limit the turnovers uh, with his arm, and they can be accurate running the ball and keep this Texas defense on the field and keep guys like Xavier Worthy, Keelan Robinson off the field, you have the recipe to beat Texas and, you know, extend what's already been an embarrassing losing streak for the Longhorns. Yeah, this is, this is incredible. What They're at five now as they just kind of melt down. Wally, you cover recruiting for us, um, and according to the recruiting rankings, 
there should be no competition in this game. It should be no. <laughs> Texas winning. How can they be so bad in so many key areas of the game with the level of talent they bring in? I Explain this to me. I, don't, I can't wrap my mind around it. Well, you know, I've talked to some folks that, you know, have Texas ties that, you know, have grown up around Texas fans, Texas high school football, the therefore the Texas high school football players. And I think that there's just a, a sense of entitlement, I think, that comes along with Texas football, Texas uh, university po- football. Um, you know, when you look at, at that program, the history that it has, there's an expectation level. And there, with that expectation level, there's an expectation to recruit the best. And when you recruit the best, I think that also means guys that, you know, maybe have been coddled a little bit, guys that aren't used to losing. And so when you bring a lot of those type of kind of diva attitudes and prima donnas in some areas to, you know, the mix, you lose a, a, um, a work ethic. You lose the ability sometimes to overcome adversity. Some guys just aren't wired and some guys just have never have never experienced it before. And so I, there's just a lot of things that I think breed in that locker room when doubt starts to surface. And when you have media that, you know, is as into things as they are, not only physically being at practice or physically having all these different press conferences where they're, you know, gaining more insight than maybe even we have. Um, but, you know, they're talking more with parents, you know, they're talking more with sources. They, they know the ins and outs. They can report on stuff that, might be very minimal, but because they have access to it and they can report it, then it gets funneled out there and it maybe becomes a bigger story than it would have if it just wasn't touched. You know what I mean, Fitz? Yeah. There's a lot of things like that that I just think when you boil all that together, it just creates kind of a melting pot uh, and a breeding ground of, you know, fr- e- easily be getting frustrated. And then, like I said, not being able to overcome adversity. So I think, you know, you put all that together and, You know, it's very hard for a head coach, whether you're qualified, you know, not qualified in over your head or what. uh, I think any coach would really struggle. And Fitz, I'll even throw out another conspiracy theory here. And it's one that I think I've shared with you before. Partially funny, but partially kind of serious now. Ever since they created the Longhorn Network, I'm literally of the belief that I think it's it's hurting the program. I agree. Because – all of the things that Steve Sarkeesian, his staff, the players, all these added, you know, kind of, uh, what am I, what's the word that I'm looking for? These things that they are having to do during the week, they these obligations, yeah, duties, they need programming. Uh, uh, you know, it takes away, it's just another distraction and, and more time that they're away from game planning or, you know, just focusing on the tasks at hand because they got to go record this show got to go record this podcast i think i think there's really something to be said about you know what the longhorn network is doing to distract this football program i've long thought that wally it and you know and talking to our friends down texas they deny it but it's been basically ever since the longhorn network showed up texas football hasn't been the same and i just think there's too many cameras too many distractions too much media and again i totally agree with you too many guys who don't know what it's like to lose and when they start losing they they can't handle it 
because they've never lost. They've always been athletically superior in grade school and junior high and high school. And then they get to Texas and they're still superior, but as a team, they're not. And I think they've just run into that. And the irony of all of this for me is the team that came to Manhattan last year to end the season, that Texas team, that Texas team was pretty good. They were starting to understand what they needed to do, how to go about it. They played really well in Manhattan, kicked K-State all over the field, and they fired their coach. <laughs> it's, it, it just, it's amazing to me. And now they've, they've gone back and started over. They're having a historically bad, bad season. I mean, these numbers just haven't been seen in Austin in 50-plus years. And now they're going to play a K-State team that they handled last year. I assume that the players in the locker room were like, ah, we killed them last year. We'll be fine. Um, but I think even with Will Howard at quarterback, this team is much, much better. And that's where I'm going with this. Is Will Howard ready for this moment to be the starting quarterback for K-State in Austin, Texas? Oh, God, that is a really tough and a really good question. I think in a strange way, maybe he is. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to lead to some, you know, miraculous Joe Montana type performance or, you know, I don't even know what the the comparison of the player would be. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he's just going to come out guns blazing and he's going to look like, you know, the, the greatest K-State quarterback that we've seen in some time. But at the same time, there is a weird, strange part of me that just feels like maybe this is the right opponent that meets a lot of his strengths where Courtney Messingham can write up the, the proper game plan for him with all the components around this offense that are gelling right now. And again, maybe this is the time where Will Howard has, has seen so many struggles this year and even dating back to last year that maybe he's just so amped and so ready to put a lot of the doubters to bed that maybe this is the timing for everything is coming together where maybe this is the game for him. But in saying that, you know, I, I, I felt like I've put confidence in Will Howard before, um, you know, and, and you kind of expect him to improve and the development just hasn't quite been there. Um, I, the athletics, the, the athleticism that Texas's defense has worries me a little bit. You know, I don't think that you can beat Texas just being a one-headed monster. There's going to have to be some balance. While Texas isn't as fast and certainly isn't as assignment sound as a Baylor, um, they're equally athletic um, as an Oklahoma. And so, you know, uh, I don't know. I go back and forth on it, Fitz. I think that you could make the argument that Will Howard is stepping into kind of a right place, right time situation. Um, but I also could see, you know, the Texas defense again, kind of, you know, seeing fear maybe in his eyes or, you know, the, the wide eyed look sometimes. And if they can create an early turnover or two, you know, do they just pounce? I don't know. Well, it's a moment. I mean, he's, here's the moment he's facing and, yeah, uh, it's it's critical that he, he plays well for Kansas State. And I go back, what was it, 2010 when Colin Klein got thrust into action against Texas and Bill Snyder went to this run-heavy thing that uh, Texas couldn't stop. I almost hope K-State just says, here's our guy, here's Deuce, we're going to run the ball at you, he's going to run the ball, and, and take their chances with that, try to possess the ball, 
wear down that defense, you know, and, and get out of there with a win. But I think if you start asking Will to make big plays with his arm, he'll get some of it done, but eventually he'll make a big mistake. Well, and I think you just have to make it easy for him. I think the pass plays need to be just quick. Don't even think about it. You know, here's your first option. If that's not here, you know, this is a defense that maybe you can try and look for an outlet and try and run or, you know, again, here's your first read or here's your second read. And beyond that, like you said, not only just do spawn, I think, you know, maybe maybe you get Jacardia Wright involved uh, and use kind of him. Use a Jack Stanine, Use Ben Sennett. Um, get Malik Knowles. Get Phillip Brooks or even a Keenan Garver on some of these sweeps and reverses and things like that. There are other ways to kind of get a ground attack going besides just power plays up the middle or, you know, counters or whatever with Deuce Vaughn. I, I think that you can still be kind of multifaceted uh, in in your rushing attack and in your scheme and also kind of dumb it down to a certain extent for Will, make it easy for him, and, and again, still have that balance and still be still be effective. Does K-State get this done? <sighs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I'm, it's really been a struggle. It's really been a struggle in, in you know, our, our kind of playing the betting line of this. Uh, you know, Ryan Gilbert asked me again this week, and I said I, I like Texas to, to cover. I think it's the three um, because Skyler Thompson and Jerome McPherson, I think, are that type of game-changing players for K-State. But, you know, then you start to watch Texas a little bit. You start to think about, again, what are Will Howard's strong suits? Can this defense rise up without Jerome McPherson? You know, it's not impossible. It's not unrealistic. Uh, but there's just a weird sense of me that, that wonders if maybe, you know, like we saw last year, uh, you know, a, a game where Texas was coming off a loss and they came and just ran all over uh, K-State. They still have that talent to do so. And I wonder if somehow in a weird world they get this locker room energized enough to be K-State. Um, as I sit here today, I'm, I'm 50-50 on it. Uh, like I said, I, I had to give Ryan Gilbert an answer, and I went with Texas. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll say narrowly Texas fits, but I, I'm as least you know lowest confidence I've been maybe all season when I say that. Well, last week I talked myself into picking the Cats, and I paid for it as I missed that prediction. But I do, do think K State gets this, and I, we'll find out probably early in this game whether Texas wants to be involved in it or not. And if they do, it's going to be a tough day. It's that simple. They're they're incredibly athletic, and they have so much talent. They probably have talent sitting around on their bench that they hardly have touched that would play significant minutes at Kansas State. That's what just makes this all so baffling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, it, you go back to well, how can Oklahoma get it done with the same kind of players? Uh, and and in some respects, you know, a similar coaching staff as far as, you know, well thought of assistants and developers and things like that. And Texas can't. And I, you know, again, I just think it boils down to maybe how they're recruiting. And again, maybe the level of insight that a lot of, you know, the the those closest to the program just don't have, you know, Lincoln Riley kind of locks it down, whereas Texas has this expectation that things are going to be kept open and we need to know about everything and anything that's going on. And I think it comes back to bite them. 
His name's Ryan Wallace. He covers football recruiting and team coverage. Helps us with team coverage at GoPowerCat.com. Wally, appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Have some Texas barbecue for me. <laughs> we will be right back on the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Brian Hanley is on the line and ready to go as we continue your preview of K-State at Texas Friday at 11 a.m. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast. I am Tim Fitzgerald, Go PowerCat publisher, and we continue to take you on a tour of Kansas State versus Texas on Friday in Austin. Kickoff is scheduled for 11 a.m., and the game will be shown on Fox. In one moment, we'll bring in Brian Hanley, our Go PowerCat football analyst, to further break down this game between the Cats and Horns. But i got something important to tell you. The dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Now we bring in our football analyst, Mr. Brian Hanley from down in Texas. It's nice of the Wildcats to go play in your neighborhood uh, this week. Uh, Very, very strange happenings. You've been a little bit closer to us, you know, with you down in Frisco. This has been a weird season for Texas football and very enjoyable for all of us on the outside. Yeah, it has been very, very weird to say the least. It's just, I mean... As we all know, Texas has talent. I mean, they get basically anybody that they want in the state of Texas to come play football there. But they just have no continuity. They The one thing is, I don't think their, their quarterback situation isn't great. Uh, it's not awful. It's not awful. I'm not going to say the quarterback's awful, but it's not great. It's just I don't think that they have bought into this coach. I still think there's guys there that are mad that the other coach got let go and it is just a dumpster fire it really really is man it's every talk radio i mean it's just i mean they they just have just been destroying this program i mean nobody has faith in it right now and when you think about it but it just comes back to to real expectations though fits i mean they think that Texas is just this grand program that's just been the best program in America forever, and it just has not. And if they could get back to real expectations, I think they might have something. But unfortunately, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. It's just they just don't happen to do that. So it's good for us. good for me because I love laughing at it. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, what they did last year in firing Tom Herman after a fairly decent oh. season amidst a pandemic – just shows me that they don't really grasp how difficult it is to build and maintain a quality football program. They think it's just, hey, we're Texas. We get a, we get to snap our fingers and it's going to happen. They hire a really good coach. I have no doubt that Sark can coach, 
Yep. But you give him other people's players. You correct. Maybe the biggest thing is what you brought up initially is his quarterbacks are okay. Um, correct. As opposed to Mac Jones at Alabama, making every throw you really need that makes you look real smart as an offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, if if you got bad players, I don't care how good the play is, it's probably not going to work. And at times that's what's happened to Texas. But they have moments, particularly in first halves, when they're really good. And they get ahead of mm-hmm. teams. And they get ahead of good teams. And then they can't maintain it because the defense is so dreadful. So I'm just going to throw you a wide open question here to do with whatever you want. How in the hell is Texas's defense as bad? I have no idea. I literally don't because here's the thing they're going to have off this day, maybe not this year, but they're going to have minimum five guys that play five years in the NFL off of this very defense, off of this defense, there's going to be five guys that minimum play five years in the NFL. That's going to happen. So I have no idea why they can't put it together. It's like they either they don't believe in the system they're not playing hard because they know that they're going to go to the NFL. It's just, I have no clue. I mean, they just quit. It's not a conditioning thing. I mean, you know, especially at this point in the season, it's not a conditioning thing. Guys are in shape to play. It's just, they're just not playing well. They're literally just not playing well. It's, it, it, and I, I don't know why. They just cannot get it figured out. Um, I don't know. It's not the scheme. The scheme is fine. <laughs> I just maybe they got guys out of position a few places. I don't know, but I think a lot of it it just comes down to heart. It just comes down to heart and effort because that's what defense is anyway. It's heart, it's effort, it's want to, and you lose a few games, you, you blow a few leads, and then you know what? Katie bar the door. It's just it, 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 you know the 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 epitome of the the snowball rolling down the hill. I mean, it's an avalanche has gone downhill at this point, and it's it's not stopping. And I expect K-State to do the exact same thing just to keep that avalanche going. Well, in watching Texas, it strikes me that they have a bunch of really good players that don't know how to lose. And yeah. you know what? Uh, sports is a, about a lot more than winning. And sometimes learning how to lose and recover from it is the most important lesson that sports can offer a young man. And they just seem like if it's not going to be a win, we don't want it. And we don't want to grind and have to go earn it if it's going to be this tough. That's me on the outside. But I don't know how you amass this kind of talent and play at this level. You're right. I think a little bit of it, though, Fitz, is also they don't care if they lose. You know, it's one thing, and you're 100% correct. They don't know how to lose, but I don't think they care if they lose. I think, and when you get a team that doesn't care if you win or lose, that's a problem. I mean, that, that, I mean, that's how coaches get fired is when you lose a team. Well, I don't think they, I don't think they've just bought into this year. I think it's it, they've got a lot of guys on that football team that were really mad that Tom Herman got fired, and rightfully so. There's no reason for the for that. I'm not even sure that he's the greatest coach in the world. Matter of fact, I'm positive he's not. Having said that. He had not near enough time to build a program for what you're trying to do, and he was doing fine, and yet not good enough, and they let let him go. And I'm just – I think that has a lot to do with it. I really do. And once the – it started going downhill early, 
I mean, they got blown out by Arkansas, and then they fought back. And then when they blew that lead to Oklahoma, the season was literally over. At that point, it was over. And having looked back, um, the things that they do really well, and they still do them really well. They still run the football. They move the football, but they just can't stop anything. I mean, and I, the guy, they just can't stop anything. I mean, if Kansas is going up and down the field on you, that's a problem. It was crazy to watch that game. Just absolutely insane what has happened to this Texas defense over the course of the year particularly late in games. They just can't stop people yeah. with a game in the line. They're blowing leads like crazy. And um, it, it just is a epically bad season at Texas up there, the worst in 50-some years. And it's uh, it's fun. I hate to say it that way. It's fun yeah. to watch them suffer because they're so arrogant about everything. And to watch them go through these things right as they attempt to move into the SEC where it's going to get even more challenging on a week-to-week basis. I'm not sure well, the where one, they're going to be. The one thing that you know Texas always held their hat was is that we're better than A&M. We're better than A&M. We're better than A&M. You know, they're the, the little brother, the stepchild, whatever you want to call it. Texas is not better than A&M. They, they, I mean, <laughs> A&M is light years ahead of where Texas is right now. They just are. And, and I'm not even saying that A&M is some – dominant program I, they got it going in the right direction i know that and it just i don't know it, it, i feel bad a little bit because i have some friends some some realistic friends obviously living here in texas i have some realistic texas fans and they're just like i, I don't understand what is going on it's like the administration or i say administration boosters want one thing and they want to win they want to build a program but they won't do what's necessary to build a program. It's just what you said. They want to snap their fingers, bring somebody in, and we're in the national championship game the next year without having to build the program, and that does not work. And maybe they think that because an Alabama has done that, and I go, but it, times are a little bit different, and you're not Alabama. So as much as you want to think Texas, and you have the most money, and you have everything, I mean, and they literally have everything, it just doesn't work that way. You still have to have a coach. You still have to build a program. You still have to have those things. And, you know, maybe you have to change up your philosophy. And I know that Texas has all the kids that you could ever want as far as a high school program, and they do. But you know what? Maybe you need to go to a Florida and get a guy or a California or Ohio or Pennsylvania, Mississippi. Maybe you need to do that and get some guys from some other places and mix it up and see what happens. Because what you're doing right now is absolutely not working. It's just not working. Yeah, there's something culturally wrong on the campus. I spoke to Ryan Wallace earlier in the podcast. We both think that the Longhorn Network has some element of impact here, of ongoing distraction, maybe too much hype and attention. But culturally on the campus, I don't know why football is – struggling this way and it just makes me think maybe life's too easy on these guys they've got too much good stuff and you're right they stink on defense and yet a bunch of those guys will play in the league and I, i watch them play and i'm like coach why don't you just strip down the defense to the very bare bones and tell them this is what you got to do on this play and do that i i it almost looks like a group of guys that doesn't quite grasp what they're supposed to be doing, and they're running around trying to act like they're busy, but they're not doing the right thing. 
and it just leads to lead slipping away week after week after week. And now they're losing to KU and losing at West Virginia. And uh, the team earlier in the season at Texas wasn't going to do that. They wouldn't have done that. And and now no. it's just piled up on them at four and seven. I We discussed this, Wally and I. I, I have no idea. Neither one of us has an idea what to expect from Texas. Are they going to be the same Texas that we've seen that like, okay, we're really talented and we're going to stay in this game, but we, we probably aren't going to win. Or are they going to just say the heck with you guys. We're going with all the young guys that are bought in and want to stay. And we may not be as disciplined and sound, but they're still athletic. They're still Texas recruits. They've probably all got four or five stars and we're just going to play with them and have this be a good learning lesson for next year. Well, if the coach was smart, that's what he would do. Yep. He would do the latter. I mean, he would he would absolutely play all young guys and just say, these are the guys that I want to play. Um, you know, this is what's happening. These are the people that I believe have bought in, and this is what we're going to do. And, and if he's smart and he's really trying to build the program, that's absolutely what you do, you know, um, other than playing the seniors at the beginning of the game because it's senior day, that would be it. And then we got to go this route because this is how we're going to build this program. And, but I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, and, and honestly, to be quite frank with you, I really, don't, I, I would prefer that they don't do that because the, the guys that are going to be playing, if they were going to play the same guys, those guys have quit. And you can't tell me that they've quit. They haven't quit. They have quit. I do suspect that they will come out and give a good effort early. I do believe that because they usually do. They do give a good effort early outside of the Kansas game, but they usually do give a good effort early, but the slightest bit of adversity, they literally throw in the towel. And that is exactly what will happen when we play them on Friday. I think they'll come out with their hair on fire and just a little bit of adversity, you know, a penalty, uh, we go down and score right away, whatever, a little bit of adversity, and they will just, well, that's it, throwing in the towel. And, it, you know, it, it's sad because I don't like to see kids do that. But I, I actually don't really care because I just can't stand Texas. I just can't. <laughs> B. John Robinson is out. I love it. Um, with an injury, they've lost some receivers. You know, Roshan Johnson and Keelan Robinson are great running backs. They will line up and move the ball. We don't know who's playing quarterback. Casey Thompson's a little dinged up. Hudson Card. They're they're different quarterbacks, but neither one scares you, do they? No, no. They, they, like I said, their their quarterback has been the problem. But that's been the problem for years at Texas. I know that I can't even remember his name last year. That's how unforgettable that he was. And he played for four years, and Sam he was Mister Texas. Yeah, Sam Ellinger wanted to be a quarterback at Texas from when he was two years old. But how good was he really? I know he gave a lot of effort, but they had really good guys around him. They haven't had a, gr- a really good quarterback in forever since I don't know when. And that's been part of their problem. They can't figure out the quarterback position. All those quarterbacks that play in the NFL and end up going to different colleges and universities all over this country that come from the state of Texas and they haven't been able to get one. I mean, that's unbelievable fits to me. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. The NFL is littered with high school kids that played high school football in Texas that did not go to Texas, and they couldn't get any. I, I just—it's unbelievable, unbelievable. 
So much doesn't make sense. So much <laughs> just doesn't make sense. Well, this will be a very interesting game. Uh, you know, so far, Kansas State's beat all the teams that it was better than. And right. lost, struggled against the teams that, honestly, are more talented. This right. game's interesting because they're more talented, but not as good as a team. So I'm not sure where this ends up. Does Is it the talent issue or just overall that teams are better than K-State and they can't overcome it? I guess we'll find out because they can beat Texas. I think they will beat Texas. But if it come, becomes a game about talent, K-State will lose. They just will. If, if Texas stays checked in and wants to play a full game of football, well, K-State's going to have troubles. Right. And, and that's the thing. But when's the last time that Texas has done that? I don't know that they've played a complete football game all year long. Like not one game have they played a complete game. And that's the issue is that they, they just haven't been able to put it together. They, I mean, they can't do that. So uh, you're right. Texas has more talent than K-State. I mean, they just do. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But collectively as a team, they're not better than K-State. They just are not. And I, I believe that wins the day. I, I just do. I just when – you, when you're dealing with kids, and I was one of those guys in a locker room. Now, granted, I wasn't one that had been on a losing streak or playing bad like Texas is playing. But a little adversity, and you can see it on the other side when you're playing against a team, as soon as something bad goes wrong, they give up. You can feel it. You sense it. You see it. It just happens. And I just believe that will happen again. I think it'll happen earlier than later, Fitz. I really do. About the middle of the second quarter, Texas is going to just fold, just completely fold. And if I'm K-State, I know we haven't done this, put the hammer down, just like they did to us last year. Now, granted, we kept scoring points, but they put it on us last year. Why not do it to them? Who cares? You don't have to be friends with these people. Blow them out. I love it. His name's Brian Hanley. He is our football analyst, former Kansas State offensive lineman, as we continue our preview of Texas and Kansas State Friday at 11 a.m. down in Austin. I will be there, and uh, we will see how it all plays out. Brian, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. On the other side of this short break on the Powercat pregame podcast, we've got an interview with Chris Kleiman, and Ryan Gilbert steps in to give us the final touches on this weekend's action as the Big 12 scatters its schedule over three days. But we will go through the odds and make our picks on the PowerCat pregame podcast. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Pregame Podcast. Two segments are down, and finally, we're heading down the home stretch of this episode of the Pregame Podcast, our final regular season episode, as we get you ready for Kansas State at Texas Friday, 11 a.m. in Austin, 
Texas. In one second, Ryan Gilbert will join us to talk about the betting spreads for all of the Big 12 games as we break everything down. But first, we have our interview segment with Coach Chris Kleiman. But did you know, at Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships selling quality cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. This week's football press conference was a little bit different. First of all, it was on Monday, and we have no access to coordinators this week because of the holiday. And at the Monday press conference, we only had Deuce Vaughn and Felix Enudike Uzama to speak for the players. So now let's get to my interview with Chris Kleiman. It's not really a one-on-one interview. It was just part of the Monday press conference got moved up a day as I asked Coach Chris Kleiman some questions. But let's have him open this part of the show up by giving you the very latest news on Skylar Thompson and other injury information. Here is Coach Cly. There's an outside shot, actually, of Skylar. Okay, so that's the positive side. He, he uh, I don't think he'll do anything today. Um, and uh, Tuesday would be iffy. But the kid wants to play, and we're going to see where he's at. And I don't think that'll be determined until uh, later in the week. If he can't go... Um, both ki- both guys would be ready with Will and Jaron, and uh, Will would be the guy that we would start. He's taken a lion's share of the reps uh, and has taken as many reps uh, with the twos and probably more than Jaron. We've split those up. Uh, sometimes we'll put him in uh, with the ones. So he's taken a, a lot of repetition, and, and I met with Will uh, yesterday afternoon for a while, and um, he's excited for the opportunity because he just feels like he's grown so much from watching Sky for the last, whatever, seven, eight weeks uh, in his preparation and, um, and visiting with him, whether it's in-game and uh, weekly stuff, as, as well as Jaron. I, I know that Jaron um, would be ready to do it as well uh, because I think they're, you know, those three guys are really close and they spend a lot of time together. I don't know if J-Mac uh, will be able to play, but he's going to try like heck to because he want, he's only got a few more games left uh, that he knows he's going to play. Uh, we got better news on J-Mac yesterday. Um, we didn't think the news was going to be good, but it came back much, much better. So we're going to try to work him in and see what he can do uh, this week. And J-Mac's a guy that even if he doesn't practice a whole lot, he knows it inside and out and uh, would provide us, whether it's 20 plays or 60 plays, he's in good enough shape. I don't think it's going to be 80 degrees down there that uh, if he can play, he'll play. How has this season been for the head coach? It's been (laughs) up and down and quick. Yeah, it always goes quick, Fitz. I, I, you know, you get to. It seems like we played on Labor Day weekend a hundred years ago, and once you play that game, you're like, boy. Next thing you know, it's going to be close to Halloween, and then we get close to Halloween, and then next thing you know, it's we, you know, we were struggling around that time. We'd gotten, I think, one or two wins back, and the next thing you know, it's going to be Thanksgiving. It, it's a. It's a grind for everybody, for the players, for the coaches, for the support staff, for you guys. It's a long season. And, um, um, you know, I, I'm excited for our, our whole football team, and in particular the seniors, that there's an opportunity after this game to make sure that we're playing postseason. I remember when this stretch of game started seven in a row. Injuries were a real concern. 
you seemed to be doing pretty well with that until Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. We had, uh, I thought, some pretty good depth until until Saturday, and, and now we've been knocked down again. There's probably a lot of schools like that too, and so you hope all those young guy practices that you've done in, in – uh, sessions with uh, players that maybe haven't played quite as much that uh, they're going to have an opportunity to even play a little bit more. And um, that's going to probably be one of those weeks where we're going to have to have all hands on deck. We are going to use our exemption to take more players to this game. You know, you get one exemption a year. And so we're going to utilize that for this week to try to take uh, a good 10 to 15 more guys to give us some more depth on special teams. Skyler's been here forever. I think he's 37 years old. His body has just taken a beating. And how, how does he handle the mental side of that? I think he anticipates that this is going to be uh, a struggle, and he takes care of his body really well, um, gets lots of treatment, a lot of recovery. Um, when you get you – know, I don't care if any of those super seniors. I look at Fletch and J-Mac and those guys, and, and yeah, they're, they're all beat up, but – they don't know how much football they have left. All of them have aspirations of playing at the next level, and I hope they all get the opportunity. But you still have, I look at Noah Johnson, and, and Noah, if he could play every week for the next year, Noah would play every week. He just loves football and loves the competition and loves the practice and loves the, the grind of this. And that's, that's the, uh, you know, that kind of embodies our senior class as they – they love this time of year, and it's fun when you're playing well. I know we lost on Saturday, but shoot, we're, we're playing good football uh, late in the season, and that's got to be a lot of fun for those seniors. And finally, <clears throat> this is a silly question, but seven wins is nice, but eight feels much more substantial, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Uh, and it doesn't matter how you get there. It, it really doesn't, whether you started off slow or started off fast or where they come at. Wins, as, as we all know, are really hard to come by. And um, you cherish every one you, you have. And, and those locker rooms are a lot of fun. And so um, this will be a tough challenge, but it'll be a fun one to get. And now we bring in our own Ryan Gilbert to talk about the betting odds, the spreads on all the Big 12 games. What a weird weekend in Big 12 football. we got a game on Thanksgiving, which is, of course, Iowa State and TCU. That's a big draw. And um, then we've got three on Friday and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State on Saturday. So we've got it scattered over about 72 hours of football. Ryan Gilbert, it's a Big 12 football orgy. That's right. I said orgy. It's going to be fun. I'm surprised you know what that is. <laughs> The perfect answer. Let's start with that Friday game, or excuse me, that Thursday game. Iowa State playing host to TCU. The Clones are a 14-point favorite at home. I just feel it feel like it feels a little bit low, but then again, Iowa State has stumbled to six and five on the season. Um not going the way that anyone in Ames expected. TCU is playing out the string for Jerry Kill. What do you think about this game? I'll agree with you. I think that it's a low number. Uh, you know, TCU, that game against Baylor still has me scratching my head, and I think everybody would agree with me. So if you just throw out that upset victory over Baylor, TCU is 1-4 straight up, and that only win was a three-point victory over Kansas. And then the other five games, they failed to cover the spread. So TCU really not playing well unless you look at that Baylor game. So if we, if we shove that aside, TCU's really not playing good football right now. Their season, you know, what are they really playing for without Gary Patterson? I like Iowa State here. They've been more of a feast or famine type team overall in the year, but 
you know, Fitz, I know you harp on this all the time with, you know, it being a warm weather team traveling up north on a short week yep. that only can help out Iowa State. So, you know, I think Iowa State's probably the safer bet here given TCU. If you throw out that Baylor game, they've just been pretty much garbage throughout the last month and a half of the season. So I, I lean Iowa State here, but, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if TCU hangs around, but the Cyclones are probably the safe bet. There are three lines in this conference that are almost all identical. The next one up on Friday is Baylor playing host to Tech. Baylor is a 14-point favorite. Give me the Bears. I know they don't seem overly explosive on offense, but poor Tech has got Oklahoma State, which absolutely smothered them last week with defense. And now Baylor, which will probably do the same. I don't know what the final score will be. Maybe it'll be 17 to nothing, but I don't see how Baylor doesn't cover this 14 at home. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it, that's at home. That's going to help out Baylor. And, you know, last week, Fitz, me and you, we saw Baylor in person. And I was overly impressed with Aranda and his coaching staff and the energy on the sideline. But most importantly, the, the result and the product on the field that we saw. So I became I've become more of a Baylor fan over the last couple of days after seeing that team in person. And that Baylor team is still playing for something. If Oklahoma loses and the Bears win on Saturday, they're playing against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. So Texas Tech, are they going bowling? Yes, but it's a matter of the guaranteed rate bowl or the next crappy bowl that, you know, the Big 12 offers. Right. Oklahoma, uh, pardon me, Baylor's playing for something legit here. So I like Baylor, better team, still playing for something. And you mentioned it, should be a lot more points. West Virginia heads to Lawrence, Kansas for a game with the revitalized Kansas Jayhawks. We'll use that word. West Virginia is a 15 and a half point road favorite, but KU has played so much better the last two weeks. Of course, they beat Texas and then they scared TCU. Jalen Daniels has brought a new life to their program. Can West Virginia win by 16 or more on the road at KU? And keep in mind, this, this is important. At five and six, the Mountaineers need this one to get bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably the biggest reason to bet on West Virginia. And you know, my philosophy all year long had been a, a bet against KU, but I actually put money on the Jayhawks last week and they hit. So I'm not saying that that's you know what to do here. I'm, I'm I am going to bet on West Virginia here, but you know I just don't. You know, West Virginia is playing for something. You mentioned it, and Kansas is not. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas hangs around it and maybe even steals an upset. Who knows? But what you look at what, you know, teams that still care and teams that don't care, Kansas can compete with those teams that don't care anymore. West Virginia still cares. So, yeah, you know, Kansas has improved on the season, but West Virginia is still playing for something. I mean, the Jayhawks are, you know, I think it's 25 is the margin of uh, loss they've had. That's the fourth worst in the NCAA. And this line is about 10 points less than that. So, I think there's a lot more reasons to bet West Virginia, and Kansas is only covered a few times the whole year. I think West Virginia is the safe bet. You just paid Kansas a compliment, and I don't think you realized you did it because you said they can compete against the teams that don't care, which implies somehow, some way, at 2-9, and nine, Lance Leipold has his team still caring, and I think that's impressive. Mm-hmm. And they are yeah. invested. They are trying to get better, and that's why they went to Daniels and burned the red shirt. I think West Virginia does cover this, but I won't be surprised – if it's a really good game, I won't be shocked if KU wins somehow. They've just got new yeah. life, and um, it's it's actually going to be an entertaining game. Let's take the final Friday game here. It's Texas and K-State. 
Texas is a three-point favorite at home against a K-State team that had a four-game winning streak broken last week by Baylor. I think Texas is on a five-game losing streak, so not so not so good for them. Uh, actually, is it six? So what is Texas going to show up and play? I've asked all of our other guests this, and everyone's answers have been the same, and I imagine yours too, will too. Who the heck knows what's going on with Texas? It's a mystery, isn't it? Yeah. And you would hope that, you know, if you're a K-State fan, you would hope that Texas doesn't show up and play. But look what happened last season. You know, Tom Herman was clearly gone and lost control of his locker room. And the same thing could be said with Chris Kleiman in regards of that locker room. Texas doubled up on K-State and kicked K-State's butt. And I'd anticipate K-State to do that to the Longhorns on on Saturday, on Friday. But you, you never know with, with the talent that Texas has – you know, that's it's just head and shoulders above what K-State does. So if, if those guys want to lock in and play, this can be a football game. But the most important aspect of this is Skylar Thompson. If Skylar Thompson's playing K-State all the way, but if not, if you've got Will Howard, we've seen how much, you know, that youngster can struggle. You know, this could be one of those games where just, you know, Texas kind of lets out all the demons and and blows out Kansas State. I, 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 Fitz, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. But, you know, it's the beginning of October, I believe, was the last time Texas won a game. Until we see it, I'm, you know, I think it's safe to put the money on Kansas State. But I'm, I'm not too confident with it. Skylar Thompson's going to be big. If he goes, I love Kansas State. But, you know, another point to bring up here, it's an 11 a.m. kick on a Friday, on a short week, on the road. That does not stack well for Kansas State at all. There could be some jet lag. You know, you have one day of, of preparing less against Texas. So, you know, on paper, you look at it at first, you're thinking Kansas State all the way here. But there's a reason Texas is favored in this game. Vegas knows something. You know, this isn't free money. If you do your research and you want to bet K-State, go for it. But not so fast here. You know, there's no such thing as an easy bet in today's day and age. So I I like Kansas State at the end of the day, but I just – it seems fishy to me, Fitz. It seems fishy. I would agree with all of that. It – I think we'll see Will Howard. K-State's got to play without John McPherson. There's going to be some other absences uh, as game day approaches. We we suspect that. So uh, we'll just find out what UT's got in the tank. I think K-State will be motivated, but will it can it overcome that vast amount of talent that Texas manages to squander? And finally, the big one. It takes place on Saturday. Oklahoma goes to Stillwater. Oklahoma State's a four-point favorite at home. The this will help decide the Big 12 title matchup. If Baylor beats Tech, it really comes down to this. If Oklahoma State wins, it's Oklahoma State and Baylor. If Oklahoma State loses, OU keeps ahead of Baylor, and it's a rematch next week between the Oklahoma schools. I think on paper and on the field, Oklahoma State is a far superior team this year, mostly because of defense. Oklahoma's been kind of hit and miss, but they are very explosive. They can make things happen. They can play at a high level when they need to. And yet I'm going to do something here that I find a little surprising because I believe Mike Gundy's beaten Oklahoma twice in his long career at Oklahoma State or twice in the last 16 games or something. I don't know what it is. I'm going to take the pokes, man. I like it, even though they're four-point favorite. I think they're going to win this game. And at the end of the day, they'll be kneeling on it with a double-digit lead, I think. I'm with you. I think the public is with us as well as as Oklahoma opened as a favorite in this game. And now it's shifted, you know, three or four points in favor of the Cowboys. 
Oklahoma State is 8-0 against the spread in Big 12 play this year. If they cover on Saturday, on you know, this week, they'll be 9-0. They will be undefeated against the spread in Big 12 play, which is ridiculous. So the numbers back up getting on Oklahoma State. I think the only reason this line isn't more than a touchdown is the name on the front of Oklahoma's jersey. You know, we Oklahoma's been been great throughout the years, but Oklahoma State's the better team here. Home field advantage, it's, it's in Stillwater, should be a raucous crowd. Uh, the only thing that I'm, I'm not, I'm not turned away by, but I'm, I'm a little upset that this line has shifted so much that you're not getting as much value as you were earlier in the week. But I'm with you, West Virginia, or pardon me, Oklahoma State. I like the the uh, the Cowboys to cover. Excuse me, why is West Virginia on my mind? I don't know what what happened there, but I like Oklahoma State to cover. Um, the only thing that you know, apart from the line shift, is is that you know, Oklahoma is battling for a spot in that in that title game. Oklahoma State is not. I'm not saying Gundy's going to arrest his starters or, you know, anything like that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But, no. you know, maybe there is a little more, you know, edge to this game for Oklahoma. But when you factor in everything, I think there's there's many more reasons to be confident in Oklahoma State than Oklahoma. Very interesting stuff. Hey, do you think the Big 12 gets a team into the playoff? No, I don't think so. I, think I just Oklahoma State's a great team, but you look at how weak the Big 12 has kind of turned out to be. I don't see it happening. Yeah, and as we record this, they have not released the rankings quite yet on Tuesday night, so we can have this ready Wednesday morning for everyone for the holiday. So we don't know what happened to Oklahoma State right now moving up through those rankings. What about Cincinnati? Is that a Big 12 team? I'm going to count them, but they're not getting in. They will somehow, some way, find a way to exclude Cincinnati in that final top four. I'm just – it's shameful, but I, I think it's true. And I think this Cincinnati team, more than I felt Central Florida in that past when they claimed a national title without playing for it, I think Cincinnati clearly belongs in. And and there's no doubt in my mind with what they did at Notre Dame, considering what Notre Dame's doing. But I don't know. The the powers that be, the Power Five conferences seem to want to keep all the money themselves. Shocking. Shocking. And thank you, Ryan Gilbert. Thank you very much. That's good stuff as always. And that is our final guest on this PowerCap pregame podcast as we take a look at Kansas State and Texas. K-State's a little bit beat up heading into this game. We all know that. Skylar Thompson probably will not play. And Jerron McPherson may be done for his career, which would include missing the bowl game. I would expect Skylar to be back for the bowl game based on what we're hearing right now as K-State prepares for the Longhorns. Again, the game's at 11 a.m. on Friday. So don't get fooled by that. You can find it on Fox as uh, the Cats wrap up the regular season. And this is the final pregame show of the regular season. But the Cats aren't quite done. They will go to a bowl game. We don't know that destination. And we will not know it at least for another week after this weekend's games because we got to sort out all the conference titles and the playoffs got to make its picks. And then the New York Six got to make its picks. And really, if you're a K-State fan, all you need to wonder is, does the Big 12 get one team into the playoff slash New Year's Six bowl games, those six games? Or do they get two in? Because then that'll move K-State up in the pecking order. It's the Cats and Longhorns Friday morning down in Austin, Texas. Zach Carlson and myself will be there for GoPowerCat.com. Make sure you're subscribing to this podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. Please follow along with all of our coverage. And if you are a diehard K-State fan, we are truth tellers at GoPowerCat. We might tell you some things that you don't really want to hear. 
but we will always share the good and the bad about K-State sports. And I say that because basketball season is upon us. We appreciate you listening, and we appreciate Robbins Motor Company being our title sponsor throughout this football season. Cats and Longhorns win one more game after this when the Wildcats head to a bowl game. I am Fitz, and I'll see you at Memorial Stadium if you're going in Austin. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.